Welcome to Basically Everything, a podcast where teens and Gen Z share their opinions and ideas on the issues that our world is facing. We look at different perspectives of the problems and hopefully inspire teens around the world to evolve with these ideas. Without a moment's hesitation, let's get into our episode. Hey guys, I'm Risha. And I'm Jason. And we're your hosts for this episode of Basically Everything. We'll be discussing imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome is a phenomenon in which an individual feels like they don't belong in a place or a team. These people feel emotions such as fraudulence, guilt, and would even feel that their successes and achievements are due to luck and in many cases don't deserve any attention. These feelings can transpire if you're surrounded by people who think are better than you or people who are overly competitive and like to compare everything. Imes and Pauline Rose Clance were the first scientists to recognize imposter syndrome. Pauline Rose Clance first noticed these feelings in students with high grades who felt like they didn't belong. She was later joined by her colleague Suzanne to pursue this idea. They originally thought this feeling of fraudulence like these were restricted to only women in and minority groups, but later found out that everyone can be affected by it. Up to 70% of people feel imposter syndrome at least once in their life. This can be due to stress and burnout during phases of their life. Today, we have invited over a guest speaker who is a senior at Georgia Tech studying aerospace engineering. She's a big advocate for empowering others around her, specifically underrepresented groups, and does a lot of work with women of aeronautics and astronautics and other organizations to serve this mission. She is also an inspiring public speaker and loves sharing her experiences with imposter syndrome, burnout, and how to navigate the craziness that is college. Everyone welcome our wonderful guest speaker, Harshini Shivakumar. Hi everyone, I'm Harshini and I'm here to help you all understand more about imposter syndrome. Thank you for being our speaker in this episode. We're so happy to have you today. Without further ado, let's get into our episode about imposter syndrome. Hashini, we know imposter syndrome has had a significant impact on your life, and we wanted to ask you a couple of questions about imposter syndrome and how you faced it. First of all, what does imposter syndrome mean to you? To me, I'd say imposter syndrome can really be defined as walking into a room and having a feeling that you don't belong there. It's not always really out there and spoken, but it's just something that you feel both in your mind and within the group that you're in. And imposter syndrome can cause you to have feelings of self-doubt or a sense of intellectual fraudulence, so to speak, and can let, make you feel less than. Hmm. When was the first time you felt like an imposter in your life? And why do you think it felt that way? Yeah, so I'd say the first time that I really experienced imposter syndrome was starting college. So as a freshman here at Georgia Tech, we all take this intro to aerospace class. And when I walked in, I sat down next to uh, another kid in the class and we were just discussing, you know, why we got into aerospace, what drew us to the major. And I discussed my passion for the field and how I really wanted to work on these high impact projects. 
And his response was that he had already done an internship at NASA and he was really interested in all of these things that he had learned from this internship. And at that point in my life, I I'd had a little bit of a freak out and I was like, oh my gosh, everybody is already doing these amazing internships and I don't, I'm so behind, right? And I feel like that was when I, I really first started to understand what imposter syndrome was because I was in a group of like-minded people. And it, it starts off being really freaky and really scary, but I think that I, I learned how to grow from that throughout my time in college. All right, that's, that's really amazing. So uh, sometimes I have this too, but uh, it's a lot less serious where it's just the people around me seem like they're about to do great things. Well, I'm over here, just an average person still struggling in school. So uh, that, that does take a toll on some kind of people. Absolutely. Yeah. So what are some of the factors that cause imposter syndrome? Uh, I'd say that it's both an internal and an external experience. So externally, there are systemic issues, I think, within our country and, and just within STEM as a field in general. I think that's where I can more specifically speak to that cause not just underrepresented groups, but everybody to feel like they don't belong in a sense, because there is a certain box that you feel like you have to put yourself in to be quote unquote successful in STEM. And so that can really lead to feelings of imposter syndrome because it's impossible to fit into a box because we're all completely different people. And then those external issues, I'd say, lead to an internal feeling of no matter what I'm doing, I don't feel like it's good enough because look at all these things that these other people are doing. And that can also eat away at you as well. So I'd say it's really a, a mixture between larger systemic issues and internal more it's like mind level issues. Right, but how do you cope with imposter syndrome? Yeah, I think it really comes down to reframing your mindset. So it's really easy when you're faced with a situation where you're experiencing imposter syndrome to spiral. I've definitely been there and, you know, freaked out and been like, oh my gosh, there's nothing I can do. I'm so behind. And reframing your mindset into this idea of I am on my own path and I'm not trying to keep up with anybody else I think is really powerful because the minute you kind of change it from a race to an exploration I feel like really helps because when you're exploring you're not trying to compete with anybody you're just discovering more things about yourself versus a race where you are actively trying to to win or do better. And so I'd say reframing your mindset when you approach new situations as an exploration and a discovery as opposed to a race can be really powerful. How do you think coping mechanisms in your life look different for you than others who are at your age at the time? And how are having your coping mechanisms changed over year, over the years? Yeah, I think it's a lot more difficult now because of the increase in social media to see a lot more of those accomplishments and things that your friends and your peers are doing because they're so like out there for the world to share. I feel like this is 
not that much older, but I feel like when I was in like elementary school or middle school or even high school, like social media was happening, but like not as much as it's happening now. And so it's definitely been a big change in, in just like the amount of content that we see that can make us experience things like imposter syndrome. But throughout my uh, even college experience, I feel like I've definitely changed the way that I cope with imposter syndrome into something that's a lot more healthy now. So before in my first few years of college, I thought that the way to deal with imposter syndrome was just, you know, doing as much as I possibly could. And that led to burnout. And I was really upset with myself and just miserable because I wasn't fulfilling the things that I really wanted to do. I was doing things that I felt like I had to do. And so now I've kind of understood how to cope with imposter syndrome in a much more sustainable way and in a way that I know I'm doing the best for myself. After learning and experiencing imposter syndrome, what do you think of it? Is it beneficial in any way or is it just something that drags your self-esteem low and puts you down? I would say I wouldn't necessarily call it beneficial, but I also wouldn't call it completely negative. I think it's something that you can use as fuel. So imposter syndrome can either cause you to spiral or it can cause you to rise above. And if you use it as fuel, you will rise above because you can reframe your mindset and grow from it as opposed to, you know, letting it beat you down. And so I've definitely gained a lot through experiences with imposter syndrome because I've become more open to new opportunities uh, just because I'm more open to trying things. But I definitely wouldn't call it necessarily the most beneficial just because of like the negative impact that it can have on people. Uh, so what are some ways you would recommend for people to cope or just advice for people experiencing imposter syndrome? Yeah, I'd say the first thing is to really check in with yourself. And a lot of times we don't recognize the validity of our own feelings. And so I'd say definitely understand that what you're feeling is okay. It's normal. Everybody's feeling it. But make sure that your feelings don't become your reality, they're not like all consuming, so to speak, and that you're using them as fuel, as I said earlier. I think it's also a big part of dealing with imposter syndrome is building up your support system. So I really think it's important to find diverse and unique voices that you should spend your time with, as opposed to people that are either putting you down or people that are living in that same box. I think we can really learn and grow from each other if we find diverse voices to spend our time with. And I think the biggest tip that I would say is keeping your big goal in mind. So I encourage everybody to make a goal that has nothing to do with status or position or anything like that. It's just who you want to be and what you see for yourself. And on those days where you feel like you're getting knocked down or you feel like you're not good enough, I encourage you to go and look at that big goal again. And remember, I am on this path to doing this because all those other things that might seem really big in the moment are really small compared to this goal that you have for yourself. That seems like a really awesome way to do things, you know, having a huge goal or like your total end goal. That seems really nice. That sounds like good advice. What are your tips for dealing with imposter syndrome and or burnout? Yeah, I, I'd say that 
uh, especially for burnout, I think it's really important that you take some time to just be away from like things that are like work related or school related or anything, which I know is really difficult right now because of how intertwined our work and our personal lives are. Everything's on a computer, regardless of what you're doing. And so I, I think it's really important for everybody to take some time to step away, take some time to give yourself grace. I think all of us at this time, especially could really use some forgiveness and some grace for ourselves. And it's something that I started to understand at the beginning of the this pandemic is I could not work myself to the same level that I was working pre-pandemic because of all these other external factors. And so really tuning in with yourself, understanding who you are and what you're trying to accomplish is really beneficial to dealing with both imposter syndrome and burnout. All right, that, that's really nice. So uh, what's the most important thing you have learned through your experiences with imposter syndrome? I'd say the most important thing that I've learned is probably the power of myself and my willpower. You know, I've started to understand that like the worst that somebody can say is no. And the minute you realize that that's not that bad, it becomes a whole new experience trying things because you know, sometimes there's this fear of, oh, should I do this? Should I do that? And being able to push that aside and say, no, this is me. This is who I am. And this is what I can do. I think makes people more happy, more confident, more excited to move forward with what they're excited about. And so I think I've really learned to hone in on my passions and understand what I'm specifically passionate about and what I'd like to do moving forward in my life. That, that sounds like a great way to do things. And I'm sure that lots of other people would also benefit from being able to do that. So has, yeah, so has imposter syndrome ever stopped you or from trying anything new? I, I wouldn't say that it's necessarily stopped me, but I would say it has caused me to press pause on certain things. Sometimes it takes a little bit more time for me to to really go forward with something if I'm not sure that it's something that I should be doing. Um, I think the biggest part of it is really just like the internal dialogue that I'll have with myself of like the imposter syndrome versus me of trying new things and the imposter syndrome being like, no, that's not for you. You're not good enough, smart enough, whatever it may be. And, you know, over the years, my voice has become stronger than the imposter syndrome's voice, so to speak. And so I've really been able to kind of stamp out and put it aside. Um, but it's definitely something that is still like, I still experience, and I think everyone still experiences. And so although it hasn't stopped me from trying anything new yet, it's certainly caused me to do a lot of rethinking and, uh, you know, just analysis paralysis, let's say. <laughs> So how does imposter syndrome still affect you today? Yeah, I, I'd say imposter syndrome is still a big part of my life. Um, you know, every single day I am really fortunate to work with, you know, awesome people that I go to school with and awesome people that I am in other organizations with. But there's, there's always that voice in your head, like I said, that's like, oh, look at how much better they're doing. Look at all these things they're doing. And it really just takes 
me sitting down with myself and being like, no, let's push those thoughts aside. Let's refocus on what I'm trying to do here because this is about me and not about them or you know how they're doing better or worse or whatever it is compared to me. And so I think everyone experiences imposter syndrome throughout the majority of their life. It's just a matter of how to deal with it and how to reframe your mindset. That sounds like a really good way to deal with imposter syndrome. So do you think it's possible for people to get rid of imposter syndrome or is there like a specific age or point of life that you can stop feeling it? I mean, I haven't been around for too long, but I, I can say that in my opinion, I don't think I'll ever get completely get rid of imposter syndrome. As you move forward in you know your lives and your career, there's always going to somehow be those feelings of inadequacy and things like that. And Maybe that will improve as we start to empower each other within society. But I'd say in my perspective, it's probably something that people are going to be experiencing for a good portion of their lives. I think it's just a matter of how to deal with it. And people that have gone through more are just maybe inherently better at dealing with it or understand how to get support. How can you advocate for yourself and your mental health? Yeah, I think this is super important. I think every single person should be advocating for their mental health. And a lot of it is understanding the environment that you're in. And a lot of times it's really easy to end up in a toxic environment because you're so worried that you're behind that you feel like you need to do all of this work to stay ahead. And that's a really toxic mentality to end up in. And so I encourage everybody to assess your environment and think about if you're actually happy in your environment. This is something that I've experienced where one day I just sat down and realized that a situation that I was in was not doing me any favors. It was not doing me any good. I was just becoming miserable and I had to you know, cut ties with that group because I was no longer doing the things that I was passionate about. I was just doing things because I felt like I had to do them. And so when it comes to advocating for yourself, never feel ashamed or feel sorry to, you know, go forth and speak your truth, really, and say, no, I don't stand for this. No, I can't do this. And be okay with saying no. It sounds really awful. We've been told in society, oh, don't say no, always be positive. And that's not realistic. And so take your time to process what you need to process and feel what you need to feel and that way you'll know that everything that you're doing, you're doing for an authentically good reason and not because of the environment that you've been forced into. So, uh, could you tell us about a time where imposter syndrome really hit you the hardest? Yeah, I'd say that imposter syndrome really hit me the hardest when I was in my sophomore year of college and I was looking for my first summer internship. So I'd gone through a lot of the recruiting process in both the fall and the spring and was still unable to land an internship. And I was watching all of my friends who were both older and younger than me get these roles that I was really interested in. And so sometimes you do kind of have to sit and think, hey, what is it that I'm not doing? Like, am I not good enough? And so instead of letting that, you know, get to me and be like, oh my God, I'm never going to find anything. I started to just do things that I, I felt like could help me and I felt like I was passionate about. And 
I really leaned into my support network and I, I talked to a few friends of mine and I told them, hey, here's my situation. I'm really looking for something over the summer. And actually it was one of my friends who I'd work with on an organization um, who reached out to a recruiter um, and said, hey, I found this candidate for you. I think she'd be really great. And that ended up being my summer internship. And so I think at that point, I was definitely at a little bit of a low, but my support system was really beneficial in bringing me back and letting me know of my own self-worth and value. Thank you, Harshini, for helping us understand imposter syndrome, furthermore, and helping us understand how it affects us and answering our questions. I can assure you I'm not the only person who learned something new today. Hey, you copied my line. I know for a fact that we, not only the hosts, but the audience as well, have learned from you a lot in this episode. Thank you so much for joining us today. Let's just give an overview of the main points discussed today. Yeah, of course. So imposter syndrome, I'd say, is something that everybody feels regardless of how outwardly successful you may appear, but there are ways to use it as fuel and to grow yourself in a sustainable way and therefore you can avoid problems like burnout or just feeling generally inadequate uh, and i'd say that the most important thing that i'd love everybody to remember and take away from this is that you are on your own path and it is different from everyone else's and that you don't have to be the smartest and the best person in the room to make real meaningful valuable contributions and to always put yourself and your health above all other things in life, I think, especially these days with all the craziness going on, you and your health are 100% the most important thing. Thank you all for listening. Make sure to follow us on our social media accounts and check out our website, all linked in the description. Please stay tuned for our next episode on Pursuing Neuroscience with our guest speaker, Chinmay Bosu, that we'll be releasing around late November. As always, have a great day. Stay safe and healthy.